Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm Todd Anderson. I'm the incoming and new dean of the Cummings School of Medicine. Very excited to have you all here today. I'd like to start by acknowledging that we are on the traditional lands of the people of Treaty 7. That includes the Blackfoot Confederacy, that includes the Siksika, the Kainai and the Begani First Nations, the Sutina First Nation, and also the Stony Nakoda, which includes the Chiniki, Wesley, and Bearspaws First Nations. Calgary is also home to Métis Nation of Alberta Region 3. And we have the privilege of working and growing and thriving on this land, coming together in a good way. Great health care requires many things, which we have in Alberta, but it particularly requires a great partner, and the University of Calgary is that partner. The university provides many faculties that create new knowledge and new innovative curriculum that helps us work with our partners at Alberta Health Services and at the Government of Alberta to create first-class, world-class health care. And we're fortunate to have that. If you look at the website for the coming School of Medicine, our vision is creating the future of health, and that requires us to do three things. Number one, we, we provide wonderful people. We give them the resources through platforms, and then we have partnerships. And our most important partnerships are with our healthcare providers, the ministry, and Alberta Health Services. And what we do there is to create impact within the province for our patrons, and that's our customer. It's the individual patient and the healthy communities that we have. And so I'm very excited today to introduce um, Minister Jason Copping, who is going to talk to us about some new initiatives that are really going to help us expand healthcare through research in our most vulnerable populations, those with palliative care needs and at end-of-life care. Minister. Thank you so much, Dr. Anderson, and uh, thank you all for coming today. It's great to be here at the University of Calgary, and I'd like to thank the USC for, for hosting us. And great to be in the riding of uh, Calgary Varsity, uh, very close to home for me. As, as mentioned by Dr. Anderson, treating people with dignity and respect is a foundation of our health system, and it applies particularly at the end of life, when patients are at their most vulnerable and when their family and friends are facing the loss of someone that they love. Providing care and comfort at the end of life is an essential part of health care, and it's essential to, you, to us as a compassionate society. That's why when we campaigned on increasing access to palliative care in 2019, and why it's a priority for me as Minister of Health and for our government. In November 2021, based on the consultations led by my colleague, MLA Dan Williams, I announced the latest step in the work to deliver on our commitment, a call for proposals to support palliative and end-of-life care in the province. And today, I am pleased to announce grant funding of $11.3 million for 25 projects that will improve palliative and end-of-life care in Alberta. This includes more than $1.9 million to support four projects that will help provide earlier access to palliative and end-of-life care, almost $4.2 million for eight projects to expand community supports and services, more than $4.1 million for 10 projects to improve health care provider and caregiver education and training, and just over $1.1 million for three research and innovation projects. Five of these successful projects are right here 
at the University of Calgary where incredible research and education takes place each and every day. One of them will enhance physician training by using Pallium's award-winning LEAP training as a required part of the training for all medical students. By including this palliative care training for doctors, we're ensuring that the next generation of clinicians are better equipped to support their patients with life-limiting illnesses. That includes helping patients and their families through the process of making some very difficult decisions. Another project here at the U of C will focus on access to palliative care by mapping the current state of services and analyzing ways to improve access. In the community, we're funding organizations like the Alberta Hospice Palliative Care Association who will develop and implement a volunteer training program for rural hospice societies. This is a way we can support care closest to home. At McEwen University in Edmonton, we're funding a project to redevelop their post-diploma certificate in hospice palliative care. This will enable virtual learning to allow more healthcare providers throughout Alberta to access the training. For so many Albertans, it's important to incorporate spiritual and cultural aspects in end-of-life care. The Chinese Christian Wing K Nursing Home Association is receiving funding to create a culturally responsive toolkit for those working and living in continuing care homes. And a project in Fort Chippewan will develop and establish a home-based palliative care service for the residents of this remote First Nation. From education to spirituality and from research to grief support, all of these projects are critical to improving end-of-life care. We're very thankful for healthcare providers, researchers, educators, community organizations, and volunteers that make compassionate care a truly whole of society effort. In the last hours and days of their lives, Albertans deserve the highest quality of care as close to home as possible. And I'm pleased to be able to support these important projects. I'd now like to invite Dr. Jaina Holroyd Leduc to the podium. Doctor. Thank you. Um, as one of the uh, award winners or uh, winners of the, one of these grants, I want to thank um, the Government of Alberta for investing in this important area. Specifically, uh, my team, being led by Dr. Zara Godarsi, will be looking at the diagnosis of frailty and implementation of appropriate uh, end-of-life care for this population. Frailty, defined as increased chance of experiencing adverse health outcomes compared to peers, is increasing as the Canadian population ages. When diagnosed early, frailty is amenable to interventions to delay progression and, importantly, to reduce symptom burden at the end of life. However, frailty is currently being underdiagnosed in long-term care. This important funding will support applied research in the area of early recognition of frailty within long-term care, as well as support early initiation of palliative care as appropriate to a resident's degree of frailty and their goals of care. We look forward to sharing the results of this important work, as do my colleagues of the other funded projects in the months to come. And thank you once again for this funding. Thank you, Dr. Holroyd Leduc. I'd like to thank the Health Minister, Dr. Holroyd Leduc, and for all of you for joining us today. That brings us to the end of the formal sessions. We are thrilled that this area in frailty and palliative care has been recognized by the government as an important area to support. I'd like to now turn it over to the minister's team to field media questions.
Thank you, Dr. Anderson. We'll now open up to the uh, media question portion of the avail. Um, if there's anyone in the room who'd like to ask a question? Seeing none, we'll go to uh, operator. Do we have anyone on the phone? Rob McNally, CTV. Hi, thanks for taking my question, uh, and I apologize this is unrelated to today's announcement, but it does uh, uh, involve a press release sent out by uh, the health ministry, uh, specifically the uh, booster expansion that came out on Friday. I'm just curious about the timing. Uh, the release suggests that it's just in time for school, but the understanding in the medical community is that most vaccinations take a couple of weeks to have full effect. So I'm just wondering why, why it's being rolled out this week as opposed to maybe a couple of weeks prior where it would have the maximum benefit. Well, well, thank you so much for the question. You know, part of the uh, the reason why we're, just so you know, we're rolling it out like many other provinces. Uh, NACI only made the recommendation the Friday previously, uh, the Friday, not last Friday, but the Friday before then. Uh, we did the assessment ourselves uh, over the course of the week. We had our Alberta Advisory Committee meet um, and, uh, and agreed to follow up with the recommendation. Uh, and then once we got their recommendation, we put out the press release so that um, uh, um, parents can uh, start making the bookings for this week and starting to get the vaccination this week. But this is uh, no different than uh, other provinces across the country. Thanks, Rob. Do you have a follow-up? Yeah, sure. I'll take that opportunity for sure. Uh, Minister Cobbing, thank, thank you for the answer. Um, on a separate note, I, I know you're probably aware of the incident that happened up north in Grand Prairie uh, involving Christia Freeland. I just wonder if you have any thoughts on uh, sort of the anti-Ottawa rhetoric and if you have any concerns about what you're hearing uh, from the leadership campaign and anything that would sort of spur on that sort of activity that we saw uh, this weekend. Yeah, so, so that, that's act, that kind of uh, activity is reprehensible for any, uh, anyone to state for, you know, to, a, uh, to a politician elective official, regardless of what level of government, regardless of political stripe. Um, you know, uh, politicians, you know, we need to represent uh, our, you know, our constituents, um, but any, and, and, you know, people should have the ability to uh, state their uh, concerns, but any of that should be done in a respectful manner uh, without any, uh, without any in intimidation. Uh, so, you know, I find that deplorable. Uh, that is wrong uh, that that individual did that. Uh, and what we need to do is focus on ensuring that, yes, people, if they have a concern, be able to voice that, but in a respectful manner and not in a manner that's intimidating. Thank you, Operator. Can you put through the next caller? Catherine Grigowski, Alberta Today. Yeah, thanks so much for, for taking my question, Minister. I know um, that this emphasis on palliative care was mentioned in the throne speech, and, and the Premier has weighed in on it a lot as sort of an alternative to let people know that there's an alternative to medical assistance in dying. There's different different options for, for the end of life. Um, with the upcoming changes to medical assistance in dying, um, expected to take effect in March of next year. Are you having any conversations with your federal counterpart on what that needs to look like in the province? Yeah, so we, we did meet last week, uh, federal, provincial, territory meeting, uh, federal government in all the provinces. This was an, an item that was on the agenda in terms of the changes that are coming up and made. Um, what's really important here is the standards of practice that are currently being worked on right now. Um, and, and so that 
uh, they can be uh, rolled out. So we haven't seen that yet, but we are having ongoing conversations. And as you pointed out, it's what's really what's critically important when we talk a look at palliative and end of life care is that people are aware of of all of their options, and and you know people uh, are supported to be able to uh, to die with dignity. We are all, all of us will pass away, and we will all have family members pass away. So it's critically important that we have the service to support individuals, uh, people understand their, their options, uh, and we can support them in the choices that they make. Thanks. Catherine, do you have a follow-up? Yeah, and, and just on this funding, I just wanted to clarify. So this $11.3 million today, this is the funding that was announced in November, and we're now seeing what projects it's being used for. Is that Correct. Yeah. So this is 11.3 million. Let's just be clear. Um, now the uh, and that's 11.3 of the original 20 million that was announced in the uh, in the platform. Uh, this is the, the the final allotment, the 11.3 million. So that takes up that entire 20. Focus on the uh, the 25 projects. But I, and uh, so that's what the funding is for to improve access to palliative care. I, I, I would also like to say that you know. Um, even though the, this 20 million was really uh, focused on, you know, improving training, uh, understanding the access, uh, doing research and development, and, and you can go online and look at all 25 of the projects at uh, Alberta.ca Palliative Grants. Uh, we are also, as part of the, our, our review of uh, continuing care, um, looking at how do we continue to provide as part of that a palliative and and, uh, and end of life care as well as well as developing the uh, the regulations associated with that so the work is ongoing uh, and we continue to do ongoing assessment as how do we support uh, Albertans in accessing uh, palliative and end of life care um, both through the continuing care review uh, and also in terms of ongoing assessment of funding and what is required thanks I think we have time for one more question operator can you put through the last caller Ashley Joanno, Post Media. Hi, this is a question for the Minister. Um, uh, Danielle Smith has suggested that if she uh, became Premier, she would fire the boards of AHS and the board of the CPSA. I'm just wondering what your reaction is to that and what impact you think that would have on the healthcare system. So thanks for the question. I, I, I appreciate that there is concern out there with um, the functioning of our healthcare system. And we know it's under strain. It's under strain here in Alberta. It's under strain uh, across the entire country. Um, and one of the, the, the significant issues, and, and I've been touring Alberta uh, over the course of the summer, uh, particularly uh, in rural areas north and, and south, um, and what I'm hearing from people is the shortage of staff uh, is a great concern. So I, so I understand that there is, um, there's... Uh, um, challenges out there and I also fully understand that that people are looking for solutions I, I can tell you that I'm working very closely uh, with the board of HS and with uh, and with the CPSA on how do we meet those challenges to make sure that we have the staff uh, available to be able to uh, uh, to be able to deliver the services in healthcare not only in in Calgary and, and, and Edmonton but all around the provinces and we'll continue to work with them um, to be able to de to deliver on the healthcare services that that Albertans Albertans deserve. Thanks. Do you have a follow up, Ashley? Yeah, I just I guess I'll just ask more directly. Do you think that firing the boards would improve the uh, uh, current situation in the healthcare system? Uh, 
So uh, continuing to work with uh, with the board of AHS and the board of AHS is on this tour with me uh, right now and, and it very very much understands some of the challenges uh, and we are working like with the the, the board of the uh, sorry with the the, uh, the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta we are working with them and particularly is how do we actually speed up the process of recognizing um, uh, international medical graduates um, so we can actually get more supply uh, here I, I would point out that you know the like the I am uh, the sort of CPSA is a professional body, and it's important that we be balance like from the from the profession standpoint. Uh, for example, the medical doctors, you know, half of that board is is elected, um, you know, and it and the other half is appointed by um, by government. Um, it is important that we work together with the doctors. You know, it's it's been a longstanding practice for you know uh, professional organizations to be self regulated, um, and we have tools to be able to enable us to work with them on, on, on key issues like this issue of ensuring that, uh, you know, quick recognition of, uh, of international grads. So we have supplied to be able to deliver the service, and I'm going to continue to work with them. Thank you very much. That's uh, all the time we have today for questions. If you have any follow-ups, please uh, feel free to send it into the office. Thank you. Thank you.